0: You are listening to Boku no Stop, an anime podcast that just will not stop splitting the party. I'm your host Fletcher Arnett, and with me is Chris Taylor. And that's and it. And this week, Matt is out due to the stresses of real life, which you know everyone gets one, except me as the host. And today Fuck we're talking you
1: got about. One. We just didn't record that time.
0: Yeah. All right. I guess you have me there. Yes, we all got one this season, <laughs> all in a row. <laughs> Yes, which was mildly catastrophic for our scheduling. And today we're talking about Cyborg 009, The Cyborg Soldier, episodes 37 through 42. Boo! This is a... interesting stretch. So, number 37 is The Night of the Star Festival, and this will be quick because... I think this is the single worst episode of the series. I, I watched a, this and way. have no idea what happened. <laughs> um, So it's a holiday special for a holiday that we have no cultural concept of. This is like if you were watching the original version of The Bridge and all of a sudden there was a Black Pete episode right before the climax. That's what happens here. And if you don't know what Black Pete is, I want you to Google that right now.
1: I know what it is, but I think it's Peter.
0: Either way. I know that Black Pete works because I double-checked myself in the notes. Uh, If anyone wants to know more about the holiday and festival of Tanabata, I will link a rather nice video from a culture channel in the show notes, but in short, all that matters to us this week is the tragedy of Orihime and Hikiboshi and tying wish charms to bamboo. So... Everyone is uh, celebrating, there's a bit of talk about how, well, you know, this started in China, but we didn't use bamboo, because bamboo's just panda food, and that's when all of the cast, save Joe, leaves. He has been possessed by an urge to head to a remote town by train, and he will eventually, after wandering around, participating in some stuff involving the festival, run into an Esper girl named Alice, She is being pursued by men in black, but they're not superhuman, so Joe chumps them pretty quick. After he saves her, Alice says, Well, they follow me because I leap through time, but I made you a promise as a kid, and I'm fulfilling it. Okay. We don't...
1: The bridge fight is very funny, though, because Joe just basically flicks this one guy, and he stumbles backwards across the whole bridge and then falls off. I'm like, what the fuck is that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's odd because, yeah, Joe Joe should be like, did I just kill a man? But he's pretty cool with it and the other
1: guy just runs off. Joe just assumes that everyone can jump off of cliffs and be fine. Oh, water! Okay, I saved him!
0: <laughs> but, yeah, Alice reveals that she's half-meddled in Joe's past because she pulls out photographs of him as a child and then He sees her reflected in his eye, which, holy shit, that is some detailed photography, my dude. And, yeah, so he gets to make a wish during the Star Festival, and it turns out that she has caused a bridge in time so that he could see his mother, who had the same wish he did, I wish I could see my mother again. And then he wakes up on the train and doesn't know why he's crying. Where a small post scene has Alice and the men watch him get off. The men said, Oh, yeah, we erased his memory to save the timeline. And she's just like, No, it's cool. He knows it in his heart. And none of this will ever matter again. That's it.
1: So on to number 38 Black Ghost. Uh, We kick off this episode with a scene that sets the era. It is 1961, and Yuri Gagarin has become the first man in space. Parades celebrate him on his return, and Russia is overjoyed. Underground, however, some surgeons are just very upset at all the noise. A team containing a young Isaac Gilmore who looks like shit is about to try the world's first open-heart transplant, uh, replacing a damaged uh, organ with an artificial one Gilmore has developed. Gilmore is a hotshot, even in this era, claiming it's going to work as long as the surgeon doesn't fuck it up. Uh, It is unclear who fucked it up. Um, The the framing of the scene implies that his heart was the problem, but he uh, blames it on the surgeon. But the guy dies either way. Um, He's just kind of having a generalized uh, freak out about it later by himself. When a man walks up behind him and interrupts Gilmore, he's got a uh, way more advanced design for his own artificial heart, and it's light years ahead of Gilmore's. The man is a presumed dead Nobel Prize winner named Braun, and it seems he left his life behind to follow that skill to a new place.
0: There's a really good speech here where, as he's giving Gilmore the pitch for what we slowly realize is coming to Black Ghost. He just says, the future The future means a lot of things, and it does come to everyone at the same time, Gilmore. This nation just sent the first man into space, but most of its citizens have never even seen a car. It's a,
1: it's a very good pitch,
0: to be honest. It is. It's, it's the sort of thing that would probably get me to sign up for a black ghost-like organization if anyone wanted to recruit me. But
1: well, 100% end, is what I meant when I said that. I'm like, oh, that, that, that would appeal to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, because there's no talk of, ah, yes, we are going to spit in God's eye yet. It's, what if you had all the money and all the greatest ability to fulfill your research? Because like, I know a place.
1: And, like, just, well, for me, it's the it's the structural inequality angle, which I think is what Gilmore is going for, because, like, at the moment, Gilmore is just trying to save a guy's li- save people's lives with like a new artificial heart, right? So to me, it reads as a come address structural inequality here. See, I
0: read it as this era of Gilmore is definitely a spit in God's eye. You think you can take men from us? We will make men better. Type. Mm.
1: Either way, though. He definitely uh, agrees, and now he's in Black Ghost.
0: Yep. So we start cutting ahead, and this episode reveals itself to be how Gilmore started what became the Zero Zero Project. And we see what it looked like before he came on. Model D6, who we recognize as a differently dressed jet, is equipped with a prototype accelerator and he is basically being tortured to test its limits. The device cuts out on him while he's in the middle of dodging gun emplacements. That bullet so time he effect just starts... looks
1: like ass.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just all of a sudden, he just locks up while dodging between all these streams of fire and just gets pelted with lead.
1: Yeah. And... Uh, don't... Don't try to do the Matrix effect if you don't have the Matrix money, as the show's general aesthetic lets you know they don't. Well,
0: I was going to save this for a little later, but this is a part where the budget is starting to
1: collapse. Yeah, you can tell because it ruins what would be an incredible action sequence later.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's some good stuff in this next run, but we're also at the part where... Footage is being reused, and there's definitely some stuff that's like, did you did you leave off a layer here on the animation effects? But uh, a robot tries to attack him in the middle of this, because the test isn't over yet, and he uses his jets, which he already has, to try flying away from it. The force of it rips the robot in half while it's trying to hold on to him, and then he clearly makes a break for it, but the scientist are just like, ah, I barely put any fuel in him, this is fine. We cut back to jets smashing down to the earth from the clouds. Owned. So he's on an operating table, and the testing he was put through leads them to develop the newer clothing-slash-armor that the Zero series will wear, the scarves and coats... And his quick thinking when the test went awry is seen as proof that these need to be cyborgs and not just robots. A machine would never adapt so fluidly. So they dub D9001 and the project begins.
1: Elsewhere in Black Ghost, a program of controlled human mutation is underway. A team is trying and succeeding to develop psychic weapons. Uh, this is when we meet Father of the Year, Gamo Whiskey.
0: So there's just a weird note here. Standards and practices wasn't gonna let them start calling a Russian guy whiskey on Cartoon Network, and he thus got dubbed Gamo Asimov, retroactively making Gilmore's name part of the same reference.
1: Uh Gamo not only gave up his kid for Black Ghost's weapon program, he also is apparently the reason that Ivan is psychic to begin with. Even at this point, Ivan's age is unclear, he's intelligent enough to understand all speech, and emotionally mature enough to refrain from lashing out, but still trapped in an infant body. Um, Because Jet's body is imperfect, he's being retooled, so Ivan, uh, already quote-unquote complete, is now dubbed 001.
0: And the next Um, time, Skip... Good
1: good shot on uh, Gamo walking away through the uh, surgery bay doors, and then Ivan, like, cracking it. like Nice touch, good direction there.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good scene. I'm actually kind of surprised when they reuse this scene later, they don't show that a second time, because it's such a setting of the that, movie.
1: Yeah, that's like the emotional core of the scene.
0: Yeah. Like it's, the- it's just weird, because they will reuse this entire part, minus the door.
1: Yeah, it... Like, the the putting... the All the stuff flying around, like it's Poltergeist, and then him organizing it and putting it back because his dad asked... Does not have, like, any emotional weight when it's not also paired with, like, the pain of separation.
0: Yeah. And we'll we'll get to the choices they make about that. But the next time skip is Gilmore has begun working on plans for his Model 003. Now older and wiser, he asks to lead the surgery himself. The thing we hear him say while Francois' body is underneath him on the table is, I was able to cut into the young woman without a pang of conscience.
1: This is where the weird art error happens, where Francois is missing a boob. I'm, yeah, So I would claim that it's... I swear to God if you tell me that it's a cyborg boob implant where her radar lives, no. I'm gonna be so mad at you. No, I was going to say,
0: uh... I would claim that this is one of those things where it's like, we only had a poorly censored by Cartoon Network copy of this scene, and that's why it's been edited so strangely. But I can't confirm that, and from what most of the notes say, they're like, no, we only had uh, two scenes that we couldn't replace with original materials on this whole disc. So I doubt it.
1: But it comes off as an art error because the perspective is the camera is on the right side of Francois up by her neck looking down at an angle. And you see kind of like the cut off by the edge of the frame of like one and then the other one is just completely missing. It's weird.
0: Yeah, the the reason I think that is because I remember a lot of broadcast stuff in this era on Cartoon Network would do very poor CG coverings of nipples and things, they would air things with like, oh, suddenly everyone has a monocolor bra that just stretches across them or, so this this that could t- be an art area. time this they cut
1: be... out the tree from Dragon Ball Z randomly. <laughs> what? There's a scene in Dragon Ball Z Uh, There's a lot of editing that happened in Dragon Ball Z. Like, all of the blood was removed. But one of my favorite edits is there's a shot of a mountain. It's like when Gohan is by himself and training with Piccolo. There's a shot of, like, the mountain cliff he's on uh, silhouetted against the moon. And in the original, there's a tree. And in the English, they just edit the tree out. And nothing is happening. It's just a still frame. It's just the weirdest edit of all time.
0: That's... That is bizarre
1: anyway my point is the, the that's <clears throat> something you got to do when you got to like fill time before you could leave for the day
0: yeah i know that one yeah okay when you put it that way that tracks <laughs> um but yeah i again it's so weird that i do wonder if it's art error or just censored master either way François's first field test is also Albert's. The trio, and later Quartet when we realize that Psychic 001 is trying to coordinate them, are under attack and being herded around by weapons and artillery. They are so successful, however, that they destroy all the tanks, helicopters, and munitions around and they're pretty close to fleeing when Albert's body just completely fails him, leaving him spasming and screaming in pain. This is the point where the original four are put on ice, and time moves on again.
1: Shoutouts to how this fake science isn't even good. It's like something is wrong with the neurons in his skin, please.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a case of we did not care about the... We did not care about the words thrown around here.
1: Um, After the time skip, we see G. Jr. on the table. And the project is resuming, and this is when Gilmore has his first crisis of conscience. They're about to install a new model of heart, the one that Brown designed so many years ago. Now patented by, quote, some Japanese company. And Gilmore discovers that the guy in front of him is the test. His cyborg program, now that Braun has passed, is becoming a tool for experimentation without any oversight. Gilmore snaps in the operating room, his younger, brasher self lecturing him about how this is perfect, this is what he wanted, the skill to perform the task and none of the people, quote, holding him back to stop it, and then he just collapses mid-delusion. The program carries on without him, and someone else performs the surgery. So, as the episode closes, we see the capture of the new generation, the slow building of the troop who would escape in episode one, and the last words we hear are Ivan shouting to Joe wake up. Which, like, nice. I appreciate that.
0: I, I really like this episode, and the fact that this is here definitely makes me go, why did you do Gilbert's Notes? This is a much better version of that. Yeah!
1: Well, it's so you can find out the name of the weird sex hippo. Yeah, but yeah, this
0: the fact that this exists kind of obsoletes that whole thing, and yet there's a thing that's going to happen in this run we're covering today that kind of makes Gilbert's notes necessary. I just wish they'd sort of merge those two together.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, this episode just makes Gilmore seem like even a bigger piece of shit, because it shows that he hasn't really come that far.
0: No. No, he hasn't, and that's... It's
1: it's just gone from doing the cruelty to yourself to um, middle-managementing the cruelty that happens. Because, realistically, he's still experimenting on these people in a way, except instead of it being, I'm cutting you up in surgery, it's, go handle this combat situation while I sit back here and do nothing, but also claim to be part of the team.
0: And if you remember, at the start of the series... He was way more paranoid about letting them go into the field because he was trying to use them as bodyguards. It's yeah. Like, well no, they're they're gonna come for me. Why are you going? Uh, yeah.
1: It's uh it's weird.
0: Yeah. But with that, we find ourselves at episode 39, the New Assassins. And much like Mythos. This one has a subtitle telling us that we are in the Mutant Warriors arc. So, somewhere in the world, and it will eventually be revealed that this is just Russia, uh, a statue of old regimes is toppling. Four
1: (laughs) figures walk through the crowd in trench coats. Damn, I can't believe they pulled
0: down Saddam's statue in this anime. I I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely think that's... If they didn't explicitly say they were in Russia later... That's what I would think like. that was what they were going for. But uh one I mean, of the fig oh, four figures are walking through the crowd in trench coats. One of them stops to help a child with a lost toy. And we see that they are a wrinkled mummy. They, they quickly move on, but the kid is just screaming in terror. And we cut to the bungalow where it Gilmore and the, the zero zeros are reminding us. Hey, remember 3 weeks ago when we all realized Black Ghost was back? Uh let's let's recap that.
1: Wait, is Black Ghost back already?
0: Remember at the end of the Snowfield episode, they're all like, "Oh shit, this is Black Ghost. Black Ghost is here again."
1: Well, I think at that point they're only aware that there's like still significant remnants of the organization, and I think this is the episode where they realize that Black Ghost as a former organization coheres again
0: I guess it's 50-50 they're pretty clear at the end of that one that it's like they have resources they have money enough to fund this thing and they're still working on a scale that they can do something this catastrophic we cannot call them former
1: yeah I'll be honest I forget that episode because it was at the end of a very boring series of episodes I get it. Yeah,
0: basically this is picking up after we just put everything on hold for a few weeks and it's not the best move.
1: Uh, Oh, oh, you're still going on this section. Yeah, I
0: was going to just finish this. Um, We see a quick montage of some of the remnants but we cut to Chang's restaurant where a dude wanders in and collapses and the only things he say are black ghost. So he's brought back to the house but... He has a very scanner-style death, suddenly floating into the midair, twisting horribly, and then just dropping to the ground dead. Ivan is like, yep, that's psychokinesis. Someone is psychic around
1: here. We didn't cover it, but I do need to say that Chang's uh, recruit bit was extremely funny to me.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah, it's very <laughs> cruel to that dude. <laughs> he's like celebrating his restaurant's anniversary like check out my special talent which is like fire breathing with vodka he burns down his restaurant and then he's like that's okay I still have the other restaurant and then some guy runs up and says Chang the other restaurant was closed down to food poisoning and then he's like at least I still have the pig farm and then another guy runs up from the other side and says Chang all the pigs have escaped and he just like collapses on the ground and some dudes just carry him off
0: Yeah, two dudes walk into frame, grab his unconscious self, and lift him, and that's how we see Chang got taken. Uh, For what it's worth, uh, GBs becomes about 20% more tragic, because we see that he has fallen on such hard times after the heights of his career, and he gets kicked out of a bar. For being annoying! Yes. He is the guy who won't leave at the end of Last Call... And then two guys just pick him up off the curb.
1: Um, back, back to this actual episode. Uh, <laughs> above the house, Francois senses the dolphin, but it isn't actually the dolphin. It's a second ship made to the same specs, named the same as they had originally found it, the Black Phantom. Hmm. The man's possessions, which were a train ticket and a pendant, and the flight pattern of the ship lead them to St. Petersburg. And Gilmore, and perhaps Ivan, already begin to suspect where Psychics plus Russia plus Black Ghost is going. Across the city, four individuals confront four pairs of 00s and ask if they'll return to Black Ghost. When none agree, the teens teleport away, and 001 assigns the team a meeting place. Uh, yeah Uh, at some point uh, the the three stupidest words of the episode are spoken which is it was telepathic voice telepathic voice imitation Um, it was not actually Ivan it was one of the psychics Uh, the the quartet of psychics begin an assault the only person who lands a blow is G Jr. who is able to just punch this guy through his force field via his raw strength it's a pretty Uh, cool moment it is cool everyone else gets crushed even joe who 1v1s their leader kane and ends up in a draw at the end when the psychics begin melmifying and withdrawing it's okay the fact that one of them is named phil is so fucking stupid especially it was so funny to me in this one sense where they're like phil and kane and i'm just like what the fuck dude
0: yeah let's let's cover let's cover the names of these four right now because they're wild we have Kane and Phil, who are the boys, and then there's Rena and me, I, as the girls. Me, sports. <laughs> when we find out where they came from, it makes this even wilder, because it's like, those are, uh, those are what names became, huh?
1: Yeah. The conservatives are right, and that unique names need to be stopped. Huh. Um, it is revealed that Ivan saved Joe's life by psychokinetically opening surgical scars in Kane's head left over from the procedure that made them psychic Gilmore asks the question wait how the fuck did you do that oh well and uh by the way your dad's still alive Ivan the episode closes on Gamo whiskey aged and bitter in a hover chair floating around as machines rehydrate his pruned mutants
0: this is the episode where the show's final ending theme shows up. I will cut a little bit of it in here. It is I Do by Fay Wray. All one word, not spelled like the movie star, but clearly referencing her. Uh, the credits on this one are not nearly as interesting to discuss as the last one. It's a slow pan over an almost mutated Francois sketch. Like, I kept thinking it was one of these pruned mutants until it finally scrolled
1: up to her face. Yeah, like, it's... I watched 20 seconds of this before getting too bored. It's never gonna watch this.
0: Yeah, this... This is the most forgettable ending theme the show has, because the first one is like... And it's at least got energy. The second one is going for a tone. This is just like... Sad track, no budget... Because it's a slow pan over that sketch, then a lineless shot of the zero-zeros in the snow, and then we fade to black over a shot of Joe-looking maudlin. And that's it. That's the whole credit sequence until the end of the show. But at this point, we are on episode 40, Synchro Warp. And we've mentioned it a little bit, but this is where the show's budget is beginning to fray. Every episode we've covered this week, Save 37, is reusing scenes wholesale from prior episodes, or recapping the prior week in a lot of detail to save time, or... We mentioned at the start of the show, Season 2 had problems in its U.S. release, being kicked to a death slot right after Gilmore's Notes, but from what I gather, this didn't burn up the charts in Japan, either. This was a solid year run of show on the network... And we're going to have one episode come up that is not scheduled, which means they actually have to cram together the two final episodes into one for the TV broadcast. It's a whole mess. We'll talk about it next week. But this succeeded so much that a whole new subcompany was founded to run Ishinomori Property Licensing afterwards, which collapsed spectacularly and no longer has a web presence. And Cyborg Soldiers' rights reverted to the animation studio, which also collapsed. It collapsed so hard that a subsidiary of recording giant AVEX, an animation studio called AVEX Mode, had a website that is now taken over by a Japanese health blogger, possibly a content farm.
1: The way they um, try to save money actually really hurts one of the only like, good things the show can do which is that like they start having the frame rate on action which makes it all like very unimpactful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know when we started out we mentioned, "Oh, there's there's some sloppiness here because it's clear this is the first time these people are using the digital tools, but most of a year later, the tools aren't the problem, the money is."
1: Yeah. The other thing I found, I think that really hurts the action is it has gone from interesting ideas like um like jet using his body hardness to just fly through an enemy airplane himself to just well time to deploy the good old favorites of the albert knee missile and the the shot of jet flying in the top right third from underneath and you know what i mean it's just um just playing the hits there's not there's not really much creativity in the action anymore
0: yeah, most of the action is just going to be, with the exception of this scene we're about to cover, um, pretty much just
1: everyone uses their guns. Albert and Jet probably that's, do a team up. That's what sucks so much. Why do they stop using the fucking guns? They all have interesting ways they could do... Con- and I get it because it's more expensive, but it makes it so boring.
0: Yeah, uh, the The thing I was going to say is because they're all just projectiling or whatever... I don't think G. Jr. does a single attack for the rest of this series of episodes. He does not. Yeah. That's the point we're at is what can we do? What cells do we have? And even though the thing we're pitching probably sounds like, hey, remember when Ivan dueled Hera to a standstill in a psychic battle? We're not going to get that. Yeah. So we pick up and this episode starts with what is basically the Gamo whiskey mirror of the Black Ghost episode. And a young Gamo is locking his wife out of a room in their cabin as he's about to operate on their child. And all he can say to her, please, is, idiot, don't open that door or you'll contaminate the surgery. <laughs> and we cut from this to Gilmore telling the room full of zero zeros the story. And he's like, And that's all the story that I ever heard. Uh, Jet has a very visceral reaction to this with his whole don't don't fuck with kids thing. And Ivan's just like, man, insult my dad all you like. I don't think of him as my father anymore.
1: Awfully judgy for a man who got his, like, pseudo-child into street fighting.
0: Yeah, well. Jet didn't
1: hold the knife himself. He just threw it on the ground and said, whoever gets it wins. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, clearly you're the successor to me. Ha! Ah, the hero. So we get a montage of Gamo's career, and it's the opposite of Gilmore's Shining Rise. The Cyborg Project succeeding immediately slashes the budget on psychics, which take a longer time to develop and have a weirder hit rate. And only by offering up his baby to the Zero Zero series can he consider to keep funding. So as he rants, one of his psychics, the blonde Rena, is seeing visions of what is basically a Terminator future.
1: The next day, the um, psychics are back up and about, and Rena is trying to kick fuck off. And Rena <laughs> is trying to care for Phil. Phil hates this and storms out. Uh, Rena and a fellow female me have a discussion about how Rena vaguely remembers Phil being a younger sibling of hers even if she ca- recalls nothing else. Good job on the Beckdale test. Cain uh, Kay- <laughs> mocks this saying, prior ties are meaningless if all they're here for is following Gammo's orders. Gammo then gives them their orders which are, you all have control over time. If you overuse your powers you begin decaying. Therefore, fling them to some random point in time and space. I do not care if it is the past. I do not care if it is the future. Just get rid of them and we win. You should definitely care. You should prefer the future because then they can't interfere in the past. Uh, yeah,
0: Gabo, Gamo is incredibly short-sighted, as we will come to learn.
1: Yeah. Uh, Phil, being the hothead moron, uh, immediately goes, Okay, but can I kill them and... And then Gamo calmly shows more concern for this little psycho than he did his own biological son. Uh, Me says, "How about we send them to the labyrinth? It's a hole in space time." And Gamo's like, "Oh, that's real. Go ahead and do that." Just love that they're going to try to get out of combat by like casting maze on their whole party, like it's fucking. I know, right? Gate. <laughs> uh, Arena asks afterwards. So if we all know more about our powers than the guy who gave us our powers, he didn't give us our powers, right? And Mii decides she would rather not unravel her entire identity and terminates the conversation.
0: Yeah, it's kind of wild, but I do like the slow burn of revealing their deal. It, It comes together pretty well, I think. Yeah. Even if I think that maybe we went an episode too long on this arc.
1: I think it's but, all fine. I think this is probably one of the most successful arcs that they've done. Like, it's way better than, like, the Olympus arc or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think they all have a little bit of issue, and the, you know, I think this could have been tightened down by one, but also... But like, also we're grading we spent... on the
1: Cyborg 009 scale. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. This, this could be done better in so many other shows. And a thing you said last week in your notes that we read off uh, is definitely hitting me with the characters do not have a lot of interiority, and that is really starting to show.
1: There's too many of them, and that's really what it comes down to.
0: And the issue is they kind of expect that you have read some of the 40 years of manga by this point to fill in those gaps, but if you haven't, like you guys haven't, then you get a very abridged everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's actually kind of the opposite of the Sailor Moon problem where the manga flows along at a quick pace but doesn't really dive into anyone and all the filler of the TV show developed those characters for people.
1: Well, that's the problem we're having with JoJo's is that you need to you need to do an adaptation rather than a recreation. That's the problem with like the JoJo's part 3 anime but here they just didn't do enough adapting.
0: Yeah, I will be curious what you think of JoJo's Part Four, just we're because not, we're it... not
1: doing Part Four. Mark will hate it the whole time. Oh no!
0: <laughs> I I mean, when you watch it, because
1: especially since I think you want a little more downtime and things. It does have that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna like that because I'm like I have explicitly said I just what what if JoJo's was a slice of life anime and that's what Part Four is.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a lot of it, and I, like I said, I think the charm doesn't work for me, which is why I bounce off it so hard, but I think it will very much be your shit. Anyhow, uh, we, we close this episode. The dolphin is sort of flying around hunting for everyone, and part of the way into this, the controls stop responding. Ivan reveals that they are just being
1: dragged by psychokinesis. <laughs> Gilmore says, Francois, can you see any electromagnetic tractor beams? Fuck off. You know, at least
0: at least he is thinking of it in terms of I built a robot that can see everything. Might as well ask.
1: I like to think uh they, they reveal that Francois has X ray vision, and I like to think that she knows it's tiny, and that's why he, her and Joe are not romantic.
0: uh but phil is the one who has the power here and he crashes the ship on a small island their orders are to throw the zero zeros into the labyrinth but the men decide okay but what if we fight a while first because this
1: this would be boring this whole setup is fucking stupid So, for their power to work, and for them to send them places, all their minds have to be synchronized. So they have some, like, elaborate ruse plan to make them all start thinking the same thing for, like, 30 seconds. Just, fuck off. Here's the thing.
0: The first time, I think it works. Because they lure them to the right spot. And then, one of the psychics just causes an explosion on the crash dolphin, and everyone's like, oh shit, Gilmore. And that's how they all link up in that moment. That's a good idea. The problem is, Ivan, because this is a battle of psychics and everyone's reading everyone's mind, already knows what their plan is, and he tells Joe, you need to accelerate because it will break the link that everyone has if your brain is moving at a different speed.
1: Yeah, that's so fucking stupid. That makes me... It's only stupid because of the phrasing they use, which is it will accelerate your consciousness like Joe's just going to become the wokest person of all time.
0: God, wouldn't that be... Oh <laughs> my god. Okay. Okay. I'm going to type cursed words into Google and the sound I make afterwards will tell you whether this hits or not.
1: Cyborg 009, decolonize your mind.
0: Nope. I, I typed hipster009AU and all I got was a bunch of ads for panties.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Eh, I suppose this series did not ever really have enough of a Western following that that was going to be a thing.
1: Thank God.
0: Yeah, probably. I don't think I want to see Coffee Shop Joe lecturing people with his fucking scarf turned kefia.
1: Did you mention the part where, like, GB's mouth starts stretching wildly?
0: Uh, no. That was in the first fight scene where... He turns into a saber-toothed tiger, and one of the psychics just wrenches his mouth open in a way that it doesn't
1: respond for a bit. Thanks for skipping my opportunity to say, want to see how I got these scars? (laughs) Um, I think I
0: definitely refer to someone Joker-fying later in these notes, so have fun with that.
1: (laughs) It's it's Joe. Joe's the Joker. A little bit of
0: that, a little bit of someone else. Um, So, um... For what it's worth, the time where the guys try to fight them on the beach goes incredibly poorly for them because the psychics are making the Superman mistake. And there's, there's an old arc in Superman where it's Superman versus Ultraman, his horrible counterpart from the Mirror Universe. Superman is a dude who will get defeated by his enemies and he has to learn how to better face them. Ultraman is a guy who takes down an enemy and murders him, so he never has to improve, and that is his undoing because he can't murder Superman, so the guy who has more experience wins. This is what happens here where the psychics are just like, yeah, fucking gank him like last night, and all of their tricks get turned against them, especially with Ivan coordinating the team as a psychic whole. They keep trying to overload Joe's accelerator, and Ivan is directing everyone to attack where they think Joe is. They keep detonating the guns, and so they draw the guns and then huck them at the psychics so they
1: explode in their face. It's pretty good. R.I.P. Albert's whole hand, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, that part is pretty gnarly when he goes to Machine Gun Finger and we can suddenly see through it after the explosion.
1: Well, at least there's enough to put the skin glove over.
0: That's true, that's true. Although it'll probably, like, spear
1: out. I can't. I'm never going to let down the skin glove and the laser pizza cutter.
0: The laser pizza cutter is underused. That's another (laughs) thing that we don't see more than twice in the whole series. Well, that's because
1: he's a truck driver, not someone that works at Pizza Hut. Okay, but given <laughs> his track record as a truck driver, can
0: you imagine if he worked at Pizza Hut and yeah, somehow he he's... crashed the oven? Well, no, he just,
1: like, cuts through the table trying to slice the pizzas with his dumb laser cutter.
0: No, in my in my head, he's definitely putting the pizza into the thing and it suddenly just does a sharp 90 degrees through the wall.
1: I like the subtle reveal of how your brain works, where using an oven is the same thing as driving an oven. yeah. <laughs>
0: I actually almost referred to putting the pizza in as the wheel.
1: <laughs>
0: he bats the you know, pizza
1: into the loading dock? You know, the pizza wheel. <laughs> the pizza itself. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, so the psychics, who realize that Joe is going to ruin this plan every time, decide, All right, let's just tag team that guy, and then we can deal with the rest. So, this goes pretty okay until their gang attack knocks the dead man's pendant out of him, and Rena instantly remembers a name, Nickel. With Joe about to be flung through time, Rena and Joe's brain sync up at the sight of the pendant, and both just vanish into a void. We cut the episode.
1: Uh, this starts one of the best episodes in the series. The next two, actually, are probably the best ones in the series so far. Um. Nightmarish episode forty-one: A nightmarish future. Uh, In the moments after the duo are blasted away, the beach is stunned. Me just goes, "Well, that happened." Fuck off! And has to explain to Cain that Phil is spent now. He instinctively used all of his power trying to protect Arena, but it failed and merely left him in raisin mode. The trio, (laughs) the trio, teleport away as Gabo drives by. Uh, Back at the house, Ivan fills the non-psychics in on what happened and that Joe's no longer in their timeline.
0: So we cut once again to a Terminator-ass future. And at this point, it starts getting a little higgledy-piggledy because we're cutting back and forth between timelines. So uh, correct me on flow if you want. I was just taking down the notes as they came. Oh, please. please,
1: Like, I remember that.
0: I'm just saying, uh, there's going to be one or two times where I'm sure you're going to go, did we cover X? And it's like, yeah, uh, that happened two scenes later because they cut back. So, Rena woke up first and she is pissed, blaming Joe for her being stuck here. She's expending all her energy just trying to, like, psycho shock him to death. And he refuses to fight her. A few pleas later, in his clothes smoking in pain, he wears her down and they start talking. He gets out of her that she remembers the name Nickel with no context, and when she's told that the Pendant's owner is dead, she starts crying, but we have no idea why. Before this can be explored any further, though, something just bolts out of the sky and craters the region they're in, the explosion flinging the duo off into the distance. In the present, we get a nice scene of... Jet being human for once, because Francois is just out on the beach panicking about Joe, and he shoots her pity party down a bit like, get some rest. You are not the only one who's worried or who misses him. And all she can say is, yeah, but I am the one who wants to be alone right now. And he's just like, well, I fucked that up.
1: Amidst the rubble, Rena is remembering things like how they didn't come from our time originally and probably were closer to this ruined world than the modern one. Meanwhile, in the present time, Phil is asking me if they can do anything for Rena, and the two admit some subconscious fondness for each other. Nearby, Kane just begins giving off uh, big Slipknot vibes where he's like, I will murder you all, I swear to God. Uh, (laughs) The story comes out five psychic teens grew up knowing only a world of war and craft mechanical (laughs) killers scourged the planet of life but no one knows why history itself has been lost to the conflict uh how long or why how long it has been going on or why it began is a mystery one day the group found old notes and it pointed to an error prior to this catastrophe it also gave them two names, Black Ghost, the Enemy of Life, and Gamo Whiskey, a radical psychic researcher who worked alongside them. Also, it has Dr. Gilmore's name spelled wrong on the cover? We don't see the name until later. Oh, no, we see them wipe it off. That, that when they see, wipe it off again later, it's a reuse. Oh, really? I thought that the hand was blocking
0: the name on the first one. No. Nah.
1: Uh, okay, so they do
0: just do that reveal earlier. Yeah, they found Gilmore's Notes from the episode Gilmore's Notes.
1: Yeah, well... Uh, when the group... La- mm-hmm. Oh, because we skipped the part where they time-traveled at this point. Okay. Yeah. When the group landed in the present, Nicole had been separated from them, and their powers now age them with each use. Finally, they turned to Gamo for a cure. He instead altered and mind wiped them as his own weapons. Rena even admits Mi or Kane would have killed Nicole in an instant if Gamo said to.
0: She's uh, she's slowly coming around on the whole, no, uh, a psychic murdered your buddy thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, In the present timeline, Me reaches out to the Zero Zeros. She offers them a way to help out Joe, but neither side quite trusts the other. Uh, Joe does not take well to Rena's story. The revel is a the revelation that all of their goddamn. the revelation that all of their war everything they've sacrificed or strive for not only fails but fails so spectacularly the black ghost annihilates all life sends him into a killing frenzy against the mecca we also do get a rip off of the classic what am i fighting for uh... yeah <laughs> um we leave off and he asks if eddie ...of what they did had a single speck of meaning. Standing alone in a city, he set ablaze with his rampage.
0: It's pretty good action scene. He's just darting between every robot that comes this way, and we just see him... Uh, you you ever play Contra 3 when they start firebombing the ruined city and you're running over pieces of concrete and yeah. that's basically what this well,
1: is. Well, this is part of what I'm talking about here where these episodes the action is well directed but still doesn't look good. Yeah. Like like there's not an like there's not enough detail. For example, like when um when Albert and Jet like blow up the one skiff with their knee missile and the the robot starts to break up, but once it gets far, far enough away, they just stop doing any animation to it instead of having it finish disintegrating. There's just, like, yeah. a ton of... Or, like, when they cut the frame rate in half, when they're doing the swoop down low on the ground, and it turns what could be cool into something that looks very goofy. There's There's a lot of that, and... Like, they're trying, but they do not have the money to pull off anything that they want to do anymore and it's very obvious and hurts the show a lot and
0: none of the episodes remaining from this point on are filler that they can like dunk some budget on everything from here on out is arc until the finale so this is where the crunch is really going to show because they know they have a limited amount of funds and they know where the finish line is and they just have to get there it's it's gonna be a thing.
1: Yeah, well, that takes us into episode 42, to tomorrow. And with this,
0: we cut back to me offering the Zero-Zeros a deal. If they trust her enough to make contact, she can send them forward to Joe's point in time. They agree because Punma, getting his only speaking line in this entire arc, says... Her plan is way too stupid to be a convincing trap. Let's trust it. <laughs> so she's secretly hoping they succeed so Rena can return. You know, for Phil's sake, not for her own, of course. But as soon as the cyborgs are gone, Gamo and the Black Phantom begin strafing the beach. Kane's egging him on and says, you know, we should, we should probably grab your kid here because the old man's not going to defend him. However, in the future, reinforcements have arrived and the somewhat destroyed Joe is smiling again
1: oh this looks so bad this looks so bad it's like yes. it's like two frames a second on the transition to a smile like, yeah it's oh. and it
0: wouldn't work in stills otherwise this would definitely be high. pick of the week for our
1: art the only show that has ever pulled off something like this successfully for me is like my hero academia and that's because they spend a billion dollars on every episode of that show
0: And yet, that's one that has weird licensor troubles, like the fact that they refuse to allow the games to be released under the My Hero Academia name in the West.
1: I don't care, that anime fucking kicks ass, dude.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's just wild, because they're really having to go out of their way to work around whatever is limiting them there. You know, with games that have such completely natural and English names as My Hero's One Justice 2. Hell yeah. That's, that's real. Go look that up.
1: Are you current on My Hero Academia? Oh, I've never seen a single episode. You should watch the last episode that's available. Okay. Uh, If only for some of the most incredible animation I have ever seen.
0: My animation porn that is not actual porn right now is I have been going through Symphogear, which just got a nice Blu-ray release, and if you wanted... One of the guys behind Wild Arms doing a pretty badass Magical Girl slash
1: Idol series with very Ava overtones. It's That is one of the most unappealing sentences I have ever heard. The guy who did Wild Arms doing Magical Girl slash Idol. Hard pass. That's
0: fair. I know there are people who will find that appealing. I was one of them. And uh, again way more AVA DNA than you would realize when we start having weird governmental breakdowns between the secret society in the U.S. and the secret society overseas who are guarding these weird relics that stop ancient aliens.
1: You know what else is incredible? Um, Not gonna, like, blow anyone's mind here, but, like, Attack on Titan, um, the early season has some of, like, the most incredible action direction... Um, because they have to nail like fluid movement perfectly for the traversal yeah. mechanism, and it looks unbelievable every time.
0: I was not a huge fan of that show, but I could not say that it didn't look great. They spent yeah. the
1: money. It it looks unbelievable. Um, I'm glad it's ending, because the setup for it now is just that it will become a shounen. It either ends now, or becomes a generic shonen fight anime forever, which I am not interested in. Yeah. Which is what they're doing with the manga, so I'm glad they're just deciding we're going to end the anime. (laughs) And also, uh, I'm, I'm firmly hoping
0: that the success of Burn the Witch convinces more Shonen Jump and Shonen creators that maybe stop your work and do short things rather than endless things. Yeah. Uh, If you don't know, Burn the Witch is the bleach guy's return to creating stuff, but he's doing it as, like, one little mini-series a year instead of an endless thing, so they're just adapting it into OVAs every once in a while now, and both the manga chapters and the OVAs are quite good.
1: Uh, Sadly, that will never happen, because uh, things that go on forever is how Shonen Jump makes money.
0: I know, and I I would just like to see more creators who get out of their one big epic. Just be given the freedom to go. Hey, what if we what if we rotate some one shots? Just immediately surprise and berserk. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I guess berserk kind of is using that model too. Yeah. Oh my
1: god! And hundred by hundred, except
0: we're now over a year without a chapter. Never gonna check
1: that out everyone says it's really good for a shonen but like how many shonens do i need in my life i already go i already got my i already got goku you know what i'm saying
0: i i get it that's that's kind of exactly it i have hunter by hunter i tell myself i will try one piece one of these days when things settle down because i'm curious i hear good things
1: why do they call it one piece when there's a million of them huh <laughs> got them yep now that we're done with our long anime digression that you can leave in, because we are going to wrap six episodes in under an hour.
0: Yeah, this is this is an incredibly short one, which is why I'm probably going to leave some of the tangents. But yeah, yeah. let's... Uh, you or me, I forget. Mm,
1: it's mine. Right. Uh, in short, after everyone is caught up, Rena agrees to try warping them all back to the present. Francois has brought Nicole's pendant... And this thrills and encourages the psychic. The pendant is also a device that can boost her abilities. That fucking sucks, by the way. I know. That sucks so bad. Why can't it just be I feel more determination now instead of this is a magic thing? I really really? hate that they had to shoehorn that in. Yeah, because that makes her shittier in retrospect, right?
0: Yeah, because you have a perfectly fine thing where you already have we have to get to the point we did this before as a reason to make it like something she can do why add the MacGuffin?
1: well after disempowering women the problem with this concept is that they have to use the same field they originally transported in uh for better this is so stupid okay yeah the problem is they have to use the same field that the uh group originally transported to the present from for better precision in making the same jump even though it's not the same jump And somehow, this unguarded spot of ruins is now regularly patrolled by Black Ghost Mecha, which they hand wave as, I guess since you disappeared they realized it was important, but just fuck off. Uh, Yeah,
0: it's clearly trying to go for The future can be changed, Joe. Do you get it? Huh? Huh? But it doesn't work.
1: Nope. In our time, Gamo begins lecturing Gilmore with a drug dive in his arm, saying, I didn't want him dragged into this war. Gilmore craps on Gamo's sudden paternal streak only to be told, "I'm sure you remember in our world, nothing is more important than research." Uh, Gilmore. Gamo comments that it's heinous that Gilmore kept his experiment going but never increased their efficiency, clearly spelling out, "Why would you not refine and improve the cyborgs? Like, honestly, you might as that that is the point, right? Like you could reduce the actual human suffering if you actually care about them at all." <laughs> oh, I can't wait for next week, man.
0: Let's just say that this question's coming up. Great. Yeah. But these cyborgs do appear in our time, and they find themselves in a snowfield because it's a lot easier to animate. However, Kane was able to predict their arrival because strongest psychic does that, and the Black Phantom surfaces from underneath the ice. Ivan is unconscious, and... And even with his partners entombed in stasis, Kane can trounce the cyborgs without a psychic coordinating them. With most of them down, Rena is telling Kane to stop. You know, we we don't have to do this. I've got Nichols pendant. And Kane's like, oh, that's where that landed. Yeah, no, I, I killed that guy. I've remembered everything for a while now. So this is where we get the revelations that when they were going through time they saw the eras passing them. And Nickel, as the guy holding the pendant, did not get dragged through the labyrinth, which is why everyone else gets pruny now when they use their powers, and Nickel was perfectly fine. But uh, Kane seeing nothing but human misery and conflict, going back through aeons of war, Joker-fied him, and now he only wants to fight. So, because the speech has gone on a while, Joe gets up and he's like, If you were disgusted by all the violence, why the hell are you trying to fight me? And Kane's like, well, battle only sucks if you're the loser, and I have power
1: now. This is fun, actually. It's a nice society you have there, Shane, if something happened to it. (laughs) It really is jokerfication on a Japanese scale. (laughs) Uh,
0: But, you know, Joe disagrees violently with a fist to the face. And it's a cool moment before Kane just instantly cripples Joe by revealing he read Gilmore's mind for their schematics, and they have a lot of really tiny parts he can psychokinetically snap to destroy a cyborg.
1: Like Albert's knee tube?
0: Yeah. He basically does the knee move on Joe, and he just falls to the ground with his leg bent in this horrible pose. At, uh,
1: and it's at this point, everything turns... Arena sacrifices herself to warp her and Kane to parts unknown. Her final psychic message of a goodbye, Phil, sets her brother <laughs> off as Gamo tells him to rest up. Uh, the device he's in will only break his hands, and the kid unleashes his full power, cracking the tube enough that he can detonate the Black Phantom's console and set the ship into meltdown. While also like crushing Gamo's heart. Yeah, he. I
0: don't know what that was supposed to represent. The animation cutting out is a little weird. It might have been an attack on Gamo. It might have been like
1: No, I it, think some It's an attack on Gamo. It goes on so long that I read it as like a star platinum reaching in and squeezing his heart holding his heart until he dies.
0: I thought it might have been with the explosion of his outlash, like something hit him, but they didn't animate it. Mine well Either way, Gamow is. Either way, Gamo is Let's just say mortally wounded.
1: Uh, at this point, the worst retcon in the anime happens and Gamo decides he cares enough about his kid to wake him up, and they also changed the reason they made him a cyborg, and it was to save his life because he had some unnamed disease because Gamo is actually a good guy, deep down.
0: Fuck this.
1: Deep down, everyone's, everyone just wants to be a good person, and we can Fuck all come together. so much. Uh, oh, probably over brunch. <laughs> Ivan I've <been> teleports <laughs> <laughs> that was good I'm, I'm so mad that I forgot that even though I talked to Ryan about it 40 minutes before uh, <laughs> Ivan teleports Gilmore and me out of the inferno and the survivors come together before much more can happen or anyone can process this carnage me starts back to the futuring out of existence as a living person see Joe even if you didn't pick up from the robot patrols that the future changes, the timeline is very, very malleable. Have hope. Her last words are, Thank you, Dr. Gilmore. In so many ways, you were what gave us hope. And then we uh learn that the history the teens found was Gilmore's notes. And then just to toss some salt in the wound, and then just to toss some salt in the wound rather than sit with that moment, Ivan has to interrupt and tell Gilmore that, Hey, My dad was some kind of human. And then Gilmore says, I know, son. I know. Fuck off. I hate this. I hate this. So
0: here's our usual adaptation notes, because this is mostly original. Um, This half adapts a pair of stories from the 60s and the 80s. Immigration and the people drifting between space and time. The first one is about people from a ruined 23rd century launching the Immigration Initiative, sending themselves back to our present to try and find a world not ruined by pollution and conflict. This is way more hardcore, since the mutant warriors were very literally mutants, not just psychic teams. The Ark's nickel analog was a guy who was so mutated that, when his prosthetic disguise limbs were damaged and this risked their true nature being discovered, the rest of the party fucking ice him and eliminate him from the timeline to hide this.
1: Well, they kind of try to do that, keep that still, right? When he says, oh, I'm not that badly hurt. I don't need to go to a hospital. Please don't send me to a hospital.
0: Yeah, it's just he doesn't have, like, a weird third claw limb hidden under his coat that he's using a biomechanical arm to
1: hide. I don't know why He's just a dude. I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say a third biomechanical clit. No, that's, uh, that's a different I, thing. And then that's even weirder, because I was like, oh wait, people only have one of those? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot to
0: unpack with that sentence, my dude.
1: We'll, we'll find it one day. One day yeah. science will get to the bottom of us.
0: <laughs> science has discovered the third clit eventually immigration ends with these people moving back down the timeline and kind of becoming the missing link in evolution that sets us on the path to modern man
1: that fucking sucks the other part of the premise is cool but that sucks well it was the
0: 60s and they needed a way to write these guys out uh so drifting through space and time was a sequel series and it turns out all right but not everyone was cool with this plan and so a schism occurs back in time One faction clearly sticks around, because, you know, development happened, but the other starts trying to fuck with history to make themselves a place to live that is not the beginning of our development, and one of their initiatives is, we definitely need to kill the Zero-Zeros, because they interfere in a lot of shit. It's never been translated, I can't speak much to this and it is the second-to-last story Ishinomori wrote before he died, meant to lead into the events of his unfinished God's War arc. The other giant change is Whiskey was an unambiguous shitbag in canon. He wasn't a thing at all in the manga after the time where he operated on his own kid for prestige with Black Ghost, and kind of murdered his wife when she was trying to stop this. Whatever happened to his weird psychic experiments is left unsaid since the Black Ghost funding dried up. The anime adaptations fucking love this dude, and both of them, this one and the 70 series go, Gamo Whiskey is the reason Neo Black Ghost happens at all. I I still cannot get over how bad of an idea going Gamo Whiskey was actually a good dude is. There are fine people on both sides. It's just like you didn't have to do this. You could have done the exact same thing with be my legacy. Do something selfish with it. You don't have to go when he's ranting at Gilmore uh, we skipped over it because it's fucking dumb but he does oh, say you the how sh- could you...
1: shittiest shitt- shittiest animated electric chair? Yes. <laughs> but
0: also the part where he's just like H- how dare you think that I not love my
1: child what kind of a man would I be if I didn't have paternal instincts and it's like eat shit i just got omega owned by time that is because today is my birthday and then it's also world diabetes day <laughs>
0: gee i wonder why it would be telling you that mister i had a bag of cheetos earlier
1: i'll have cake later hey i had those cheetos for breakfast okay holy shit dude i don't I have them. a fucking
0: like uh chickpea and spinach wrap sitting over here that i'm gonna eat when we're done i didn't want to chew into the mic
1: that's what I had for breakfast as a kid of monster absolute zero in a in a personal like fun sized bag of Cheetos. Uh.
0: This reminds me of when my kid's sister tried to go vegetarian and ended up malnourished because what she came up with is craft macaroni and cheese is technically vegetarian, but it's not a way to live a diet.
1: Oh, there is that is specifically a thing which is craft vegetarians like people who want to be a vegetarian but don't know how to cook yeah i usually make my own breakfast i just did not because i've been recording since seven thirty.
0: all right that's fair anyway with that done uh any thoughts on this
1: no that's pretty good
0: yeah i think we covered it it's it's a good premise that is undercut by the collapse of the development yep We'll be back in two weeks with the finale of 009, sort of. See you in two weeks, uh. fuckers.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, here's a tangent that you're going to probably cut out of the podcast. I was eating Cheetos earlier, and I'm looking at the back of the bag. And it has their social links for the Cheetos brand on it, but above it is the text, Connect with Chester Cheetah, as though Chester Cheetah is just, like, on Facebook posting all the time.
0: Okay, so. (laughs) I know he's not, because Chester Cheetah would be on Fur Affinity, because Chester Cheetah is part of the twink, daddy, etc. omniverse of the same fucking tiger mascot. Because he's got the same stripes, as tony the tiger who is the himbo variant he does Chester have like dirtbag
1: biker dad energy yeah all of them
0: are just the same cat-like design with the same orange and striped design that is just designed for all sorts of mascots seriously <laughs> you will begin seeing this in your life once you notice this and Ch- see the weird food mascots
1: sir cheetah you like that tony, Ti- tony the tiger oh yeah that's great don't stop yeah.
0: That is far from the weirdest thing that I have seen in that side of the internet, let me tell you. Serialfication uh, is a thing.
1: Oh no. Um, yeah. Back to the content we're not going to cut out of the podcast. I might keep that. <laughs> Put it at the end. Um, okay. <laughs>